So hi, one of the guys podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with I'm Nick. And Brent. And we are eight graves. And we're gonna ask him some questions today about the new EP Everyday Oblivion. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you guys feel about the response to it so far? I felt pretty good about it. Well, how feels do you great. feel? Yeah. <laughs> it feels great. Um yeah. Everyone's think, digging it. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is that we have finally arrived at a point where we're really Obviously, you always appreciate when people give a positive response and when people are like excited about it and people are like, oh, this song's sick or, you know, the whole thing is great or whatever it might be. Um, But the biggest thing is I think we're arriving at a point where we are a lot less affected by what people may or may not think about what we've done. You know, Um, for us, it's a lot more about making songs that we're proud of, not feeling like we're chasing something that we've done before, but instead making new songs that have different sounds, different feels, different emotions. Um, you know, for a while, I think we were kind of trying to chase this one thing. Cause we're like, this is our lane. And this is kind of like what we do. And instead mm-hmm. on, on this record, I really think that we allowed ourselves to experiment and like get out of the box and just like do whatever came naturally to us and just make yeah, And that's what felt good. That's yeah. what feels good about the whole process was being able to like turn it on its head. And Brett and I were able to have conversations with each other about like, you know, let's just throw everything out the window and start from scratch. And what kind of music do we like to listen to and just make new stuff, you know, yeah. get out of the, mm-hmm. get out of the, you know, the stereotype maybe that we may have had, you know, EDM alt rock type thing, mm-hmm. just kind mm-hmm. of pushing boundaries, you know? So it felt really good. Yeah. I said this when we talked about the EP and even the singles that were leading up to and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna, I'll say it directly to your face too. I, this yeah. is your best work hands down. Thank you. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I saw you guys in Jersey. Obviously we met up all that yeah. shit. Um, yeah. I was pissed that Cannonball wasn't on the set list because that's like your <laughs> oh, best song, no. hands down. Thanks, yeah. Like you guys missed it there. Next tour, it's got to be on the set list. If you I'm saw in, how it was, dude. We squeezed nine songs into thirty minutes. It like, was, we were, oh my god! Yeah, 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 you guys played more songs it, yeah. than Never Loved. I'm like, how the fuck yeah. did you nonstop <laughs> banger after yeah, banger? Yeah, but <laughs> next <laughs> tour, if Cannonball's not on there, I'm coming up to the merch table. I'm yelling at you guys because you got I, a Cannonball. You can hold me accountable. You got to put it on there, man. It's always tough. Like. The funny thing is now, you know, when we play opening set, we have 30 minutes. Our, we are, you know, we have like 39 songs, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like we love all of them. And it's like no matter what we do at this point, some stuff that we love gets cut, you know, like mm-hmm. not, not everything can make it, which which sucks. And we thought Cannonball would be fun to play live, just kind of kind of upbeat and, you know, danceable. Um, but it's like, it just gets down to those last couple of songs and you have some hard choices to make. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the unfortunate position of being in that opening slot, you know, as, as, as grateful as we are for the opportunity and as much fun as we had and as amazing of an experience as it is, um, you know, it always hurts to cut some of your babies from the, from the set list, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. so it's always a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the EP name everyday oblivion and the cover? Art? Yes. Um, so basically all of these songs really were kind of seated. Like, you know, they kind of began when I was in lockdown and mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously it's something we all experienced. And I, I was tentative to like make a song that's like about COVID. Cause I think it's going to be so overdone. No one wants to talk about it anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's over, mm-hmm. but I did think an interesting, it, and even though it's not over, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the talking over about it, it yeah. is over. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I think like, there was a point where um, I was in lockdown, you know, Nick was in lockdown. We were kind of separate from each other. I was in a house by myself completely. 
Uh Um, I had the only company that I had every once in a while was uh, my girlfriend, who's awesome. At the time, she worked in a hospital. So we were playing it like kind of safe, like, hey, you know, like, you know, when can we see each other? How comfortable do we feel? So I was spending like weeks sometimes with like zero human contact. And mm-hmm. uh, and the way that I kind of got through it was I would wake up, I'd make myself breakfast, I would work out, I would do my Spanish lesson on Duolingo, <laughs> I would do my guitar lesson on the Fender app. If you're trying yeah. to learn to play guitar, download it, it's awesome. Um, you know, I just kind of created this routine where I would do like the same thing, like again and again and again and again. And uh, in the midst of doing what were these very mundane kind of regular tasks, I'm like, I have the TV on in the background with like, it literally had, I remember at one point on one of the news networks, they literally had a ticker of like, how, like how so many anxiety. people dying. Mm-hmm. Exactly, dude. Yeah. So it was like, now there's this many dead. Now there's this many dead. And it was like, oh my God. I'm not going so outside. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's kind of this weird thing where I'm doing like these everyday kind of normal things like, oh, I'm taking a Spanish lesson while like the world is ending, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it, that's how it felt. And um, I just, you know, kind of came up with the phrase everyday oblivion. And we were talking about what do you want to call the EP? And I had mentioned to Nick and, uh, and to our manager, Mike, like, I think I want to call it this. And uh, I think both of them at first, and Nick, don't let me speak for you, but I think both of them at first were kind of like, I don't know. No, I loved it right away. No, no, Did no, you? No. Was yeah. it, so it was Mike. Yeah, that, that was, that kind of like was the, um, the umbrella for the whole thing, even before a song was written. Yeah. It's a concept you had had and we kind of just were like fitting into that, that notion. And I loved yeah. it off of that. Yeah. I wanted a song actually to be called Everyday Oblivion. Yeah. And the song was actually made after and the song kind of, you know, we wrote a song and I was like, Ooh, this could be the one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this could be the one that has, you were sitting right here when we wrote it. Yeah. 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 I was. Oh. And, uh, and uh, that was like the, the feel of it. So it was just about like this feeling of kind of trying to go on with your everyday kind of normal life while also experiencing this like kind of catastrophic, um, you know, everything around the world. It wasn't just COVID. It was stuff that was happening politically and, you know, um, all of the stuff with, you know, the, the, the new push for, I, I shouldn't say new, cause it's clearly not new, but this this explosion of visibility for civil rights movements and, mm-hmm. um, and for people speaking out for, um, you know, those kind of issues. And it just felt like there was so much civil unrest, there was so much death and disease. And there were, and it was just like, Oh my God, like there's so much happening. And, and they're just like, come on, just keep, keep going to work, keep yeah. doing, you know? And I was like, this is not, this is so fragmented and unhealthy. And I just thought it was like a very powerful kind of um, moment. God willing, I'll never see anything like that again in my life. So that's kind of where, where everyday oblivion came from. And, uh, and, you know, then we just wrote a couple songs that kind of fit that bill, you know? Yeah. 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 And uh-huh. the cover art. Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, it's fine. Uh-huh. so we had Nick and I spent all this time curating like this big, th- I did like uh, mock-ups in, in uh, Procreate and the whole nine about like what we wanted the art to be. That a completely different idea, actually. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had been working with our friend Way, who had been our graphic designer for most of the existence of Eight Grace. He actually made the original logo, um, has done a ton of great work for us, but uh, he got a full-time gig and was expecting his second child at the time, who was now arrived. And uh, he was just like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all this stuff. Yeah. So we... Uh, Rupert Gruber who did the art for all these songs and and for uh, for the EP and uh, 
we were kind of, he had hit us up a while ago and was like, Hey guys, I love your music. If you're ever looking for somebody to like do something, I'd love mm-hmm. to work with you. So we were like, maybe Rupert will do it. You know, we hit him up. We're like, Hey dude, short notice, got to do it in like two <laughs> yeah. weeks, you know? And he was like, I got you no problem. And uh, we sent him all these ideas, but we were kind of like, do whatever you want with it. Yeah. And, Which uh, he did. He and did he it. just <laughs> literally scrapped everything I did and, and threw out the windows. But the, the, the feeling that I get looking at the art and when I talk to Rupert, kind of the way that we've interpreted it is uh, like you could be doing something that's like a normal everyday thing and then a tragedy can happen out of nowhere. So it's like, you know, it's this juxtaposition of something that's like pretty goofy and joyous in like roller skating, right? Like what's like more mm-hmm. benign and, 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 and fun and goofy than that. And then uh, yeah, obviously like, you know, the blood and a parent being hit by a car, or whatever. So it's kind of like this juxtaposition of, again, what we were talking about with the whole EP title, which is like this normalcy and then like tragedy, like happening kind of at the same time. And I think that he did a really roundabout, interesting way of capturing that, that I would have never thought of. So never. as, as <laughs> soon as we saw it, we were like, what? We were like, yeah. everything he showed us, we were like loved, you know? Oh, yeah. um, Nick and I were texting back and forth like, dude, he is killing this shit like this is yeah, awesome. like it was just next level it just yeah. made the brand so much better because of that yeah yeah it was awesome so we were really stoked on it and I, it's a little out of the box which i like you look at it you're like what the hell is this but it's <laughs> at the same time it's neat and it does have that kind of like like a cell in a manga which is like kind of you know big for us since we're both huge anime fans and stuff like that so we were like it kind of tapped into a little personal part of my taste that he wasn't even really aware of so i thought yeah. that was cool i thought that was really cool too Oh yeah, that's perfect. And I'm, yeah. gl- I'm glad you guys were able to get out of like naming your EPs colors, and then just yeah. doing the cover yeah. up coincided that because when we chatted last time, we were like, "What's next? Like fucking green, you know, blue." And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Discord is <laughs> hoping purple comes next. They want the purple EP. Yeah, yeah. our Discord, <laughs> our, yeah, our, our Discord channel definitely is big on the purple EP. Yeah. But I, it's funny because just the way that we have to do songs now, it, you know, you have to create singles so fast sometimes you don't really know if there's going to be like an overall message or like an overarching harmony between songs. So the colors was a little bit of a, an easy way to make sure that we're just talking about like, what's my overall feeling at that time. If I could give my feeling a color, what is it? And it was just kind of an easy way. Um, but I think like, as we're doing the way that we're doing songs now, it's a little bit slower, but it's a, a lot better like the quality is better our the time that we get to spend on it is better the experience that we have making the songs is better Mm -hmm. um and they kind of have like a little bit more um direct emotion rather than me kind of trying to like work something up you know Mm -hmm. like i can just kind of i can speak a little bit more plainly rather than being as figurative as i've had to be in the past and and the greatest part about these songs that nick and i have gotten to write them together in person um, you know, we've carved out a lot more time to sit in a room and really hatch stuff out in a way that we had gotten away from mm-hmm. It's because of work and schedules and COVID and, you know, whatever other reasons we had, um, you know, which has been great because we've really connected again as, as best friends and, you know, gotten to spend a lot more time together. And uh, I think that that's been out of all of the things that we've had happen with uh, these songs. I think that's been like the most fun for me is that we, we kind of have this new you know, not new, but this reestablished kind of connection, and uh, we're really enjoying working together again, which is awesome. You know, yeah, I can't like, I can't like wait every day that you know, because like we get together like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today we had a Monday. You know, we squeeze in a day, and it's like really great to be able to just like 
zip down, sit in the studio, pull up an idea and then just like make something as quick as we can instrumentally. Yeah. And then you sit there and you, I, it's like for forever. I had never been, we were talking about that. I had never been in the room with you at this stage of the, the songwriting process. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude just doesn't sing out loud. He's in his head with his melody creation. And all of a sudden he just sings this beautiful melody. I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't yeah. hear anything, you know? I'm, so, dial- I'm dialing it in. He is. Right. In my brain. Like, I, I can't tell if he's bored. Oh he's like on his phone, but he's like mm-hmm. actually looking up lyric, like, you know, you know, I'm like, this is. Yeah. Rhymezone.com. Rhymezone.com. Any, any song, yeah. right? Rhymezone.com. Rhymezone.com. Yeah. So it was cool yeah. for me to, to see all that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Um, so can you tell us a little about your writing process for the CP? Yeah, so that's I tapped on that, tapped into that a little bit. But so in the past, what Nick and I have been had been doing is Nick will come up with a bunch of instrumental concepts and he'll put them in Dropbox and then he'll he would send them to me and I would go through them and I'd be like, oh, I like this one. And I'd write something to it. And he'd be like, I don't think I like that. And I'd be like, cool. It's been three weeks and we got nothing done. (laughs) (laughs) Most accurate statement ever. That's pretty much how we would do it. Pretty much it. And uh, when we started working with Dwight, um, who's, who was the producer uh, and, and helped us write some of the stuff on this last record, um, he kind of was just like, what are you guys doing? You know, like you got to sit in a room together and like get on this. You got to make time and like make it work. Yep. And uh, we were kind of like, OK, you know, that's what we got to do. So uh, we uh, we stepped out of the realm of doing everything virtually, like through a computer and started getting back in the room together. And instead of going for like, I think the biggest change in the process to me was instead of just trying to get something done and, and I was trying to create these things that were so like perfect. Like I needed every song to like encapsulate every ounce of my being. Mm-hmm. And now what we do is like, we're like, let's make 16 ideas. And then we'll let Dwight pick a couple that he likes and we'll, we'll tell him which ones we're like, we re- we got to do this one. We love this one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we'll get in a room and finish them off, you know? And, uh, so the writing process has changed because now Nick and I are carving out time, sitting in a room, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 hours, just sitting there with a, with a beat on loop, just listening and listening, listening and, and trying to, you know, I'm singing a little ditty. What's up with that? Do you like it? You know? And then, you know, <laughs> like kind of going back and forth like that. And, uh, and, you know, but we're, we're doing it in the room together in a way that we haven't done in a, in a long time, probably since, since black. Yeah. And the mindset is different now too. Like yeah. if you were to describe our mindset before it was scarcity, I would mm-hmm. say. And Brent, we've, we've talked about this before. And basically yeah. it's like, you know, he said the three week thing, right? It's like, Nick has this amount of things that he kind of cranked out and Brent spent this amount of time. And it's like, well, we're coming down to a crunch here. And like, we have to put a song, a song out. out. So it has yeah. to happen, you know? So it's like a, a lot of sacrifice in that respect. And if, if anything, like what I'm learning, there's no convenience in music. You're mm-hmm. fooling yourself if you think that using technology to kind of like cut around, you know, the, the physical presence and like, you know, the, the collaboration, you know, mm-hmm. the Eureka, the, the moment where I thought he said something, but now that's a lyric or I play the thing on the guitar and that's now his melody. Or yeah. I change the key and that's, you know, cause it's like, it's immediate satisfaction. That sounds so dumb because like, yeah, hello, you get together in a room. Obviously. Talk, right? Yeah. yeah. But it started out of convenience for us and then became the method. Necessity. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just yeah. really bad. And 
Nick worked Nick worked nine to five Monday to Friday, and I worked twelve to nine like Wednesday to Sunday. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> it wow. Like, it was like, impossible. when the hell are we gonna do this? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. Nick had to Nick had to lose a job. I had to lose a couple jobs, you know, and then we just were like from here on out, we're building whatever jobs we have, we're those jobs have to fit around the music schedule rather than never done before. rather than the other way around. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that that changed um in this in this writing process is just making more time, uh being more available for our music and and uh and spending more time in a room together than we've been able to in the past yeah you know unfortunately we're like you know we're not two rich kids you know we got to have jobs and work and and provide for ourselves in a way that uh Mm -hmm. and that a lot of i say one of my new my my game i learned from somebody else i'm stealing this bit but a fun game is to go on wikipedia and search a musician's name and see if their parents are blue links (laughs) you know and and a lot of times you'll see their parents are powerful entertainment attorneys or other actors or actresses or musicians mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, they're super rich. That's, that's how they did this. Um, so yeah. that's always a challenge, but we've decided to say we don't care and we just have to get in a room together and, and write music. And that's, what's been a lot different about these last couple songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, happy for you guys. You guys, are, <laughs> you guys are killing it. You guys are killing it. You guys we talk, are- we talk too much is the worst, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's, it's fine. A it's a podcast. podcast. You're supposed to talk. I guess that's my job here, but I feel like you guys are supposed to talk. And no, I'm just supposed to ask questions. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we listen. So you're doing great. You're All doing right. Great. All right. I want to make sure I'm not, you know, crowding you guys out of your own podcast here. No, absolutely not. We just talked absolutely. for an hour. Like, exactly. like 30 minutes ago. We're good. That's We're true. Good. I've, I've listened. I know the formula. I know you guys talk and then there's a thing and then you talk. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I've exactly. listened. I know how it goes. Okay. Yeah. Just guilty conscience on my part, you know. Fair enough. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so I want you two to tell us your favorite lyric off this EP and the meaning behind it. Ooh, Nick, I know my first. I know what is, is going to be. What do you think it's going to be? Uh, wave your banner, get your gun, everyday oh. oblivion. No, that's mine. So you go first then. Okay. Learning to love the lie. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know why? I do, but you can explain. Yeah. So. Uh, and change me. There's a line where he says, "Learn to love the lie." It's in the chorus, right? Yeah, it's in the mm-hmm. chorus. And um, <clears throat> that was like a, just a complete, like, what would you call it? Happy accident, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brent, went, Brent was riffing out the the chorus. He had some semblance of some sentence structure, but like one of the parts, he was just like, like that type of thing. And then the producer Dwight was like, "Yeah, what was that line you said? Learn to love the lie." And Brent's like, "That's not what I said, but that line is cool." part of the chorus and like just made sense so when when i'm writing melodies i'll sing with like the vowel sound that i think will fit good and you know certain notes you sing and in your voice will it'll it'll have like a better timbre with like certain vowel sounds and i was just like and he was like what that learning to love the light keep that i'm like that's not what i said but cool yeah perfect because of that that's my favorite lyric yeah yeah it was a cool cool Mm -hmm. moment because you've never really seen me do that that way so Again, Nick's not always in the room when I'm writing lyrics and vocals. So it's again, I'm there actually... when we record them. I see the final product, but never like at the, the genesis of it. All. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Um, I think I would probably have to say that mine is, is that is a wave your banner, get your gun um, every day oblivion line, because I just thought it was like a smart way to talk about like, uh, you know, if 
anybody who reads my Twitter, I'm like a pretty political person, but that can obviously be fairly divisive. And I, I didn't want the song to become too much about that. I want it to be more about like my feeling and rather than like the state of the way I see things. And I thought it was a clever way to bring in like politics and this like uh, this, you know, infighting and this like team picking that we have going on in our culture right now, where it's like, I'm on the red team and like, I'm on the blue team. So I hate you, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a clever way to, uh, to kind of, to bring up that political end of it without like uh, having to become divisive about it. Um, And I, and I was proud of that. Yeah, I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So where was your headspace at while you guys were writing the CP? I know you kind of touched on it earlier on. You're welcome to go more in depth though. I I think my whole mindset was all bets are off. Like we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're just like <laughs> starting, you know, starting from scratch. Like we're getting rid of everything. No expectation. No, like we got to do this because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, my mindset was like a fresh start. You know, um, I think that we had taken, uh, graves as a project we had taken it as far as we could without trying new things um without getting a little input and help which i think is something and you know me as a person i have always historically struggled with I, i'm not good at saying like hey i, I could i could use a hand you know mm-hmm. and i think that uh that i needed that i think we needed that um so to me my whole mindset going into it was nothing is off limits. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. And I'm only going to make like something that I'm inspired to make at this moment and everything else that we've done, everything else that we've chased, whatever has succeeded for us or has not succeeded for us is out of my head. And I'm just going for it now. I share the same mindset, like really the last part, like I don't care. I stopped thinking about what would other people think about this song? Mm. And I just said, what do I think about this song? And Mm. kind of like relying on my own taste and my instincts and not thinking I have to do something just because I need to check off a box. And that I think fully uh, transformed into what does a song need to become? Just make the song what it needs to be. Don't make it something it's not, right? Yeah. Uh, And also understanding when, and also, I say it now a lot with Brent, like songwriting is like fishing. You show up and you have a good time and it's meditative. And sometimes you get a song and sometimes you don't, you know, and sometimes something bites and sometimes something bites, it bites, you catch a fish, but yeah. So all of that, just to kind of understanding the relationship between songwriting and expectations and just like going with your gut and like actually um, being creative and being confident in that, you know? Yeah. has restored and, my confidence. <laughs> and when and when Nick says that, he like really means it. You know, like I had to force myself into that mindset. Cause even after, I think like one of the first days we had gotten together, we came up with three ideas. And one of them was cold shoulder. And I was like, damn, that's like a really good song, but we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that's like that's like too poppy. Like, you know, our, 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 the people that follow us, our supporters aren't going to like it. Like they're not like they're expecting like this gritty, you know, harmonic minor, like there, there's no drop. Where's, where's the drop going to yeah. go? You know, like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that's like how I felt. And even after I wrote it and I was like, damn, like I was I left that day and I was like singing it like eh. 
that's like real good, you know, but I was like, mm-hmm. we can't, but we're not going to do that, you know? And it took me a while to uh, accept like, dude, just, if you like it, just do it. And it's cool. And um, it's funny because you kind of get that stereotype of like, well, it's popier in a way it's more pop sensible. So it can't, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like pop music is meaningless and it's all, you know, bubble gum and, you know, uh, what's that watermelon lemonade, whatever the hell. I don't even know. <laughs> what I'm talking about. What is that? Who is that? Harry Styles? Who is that? Watermelon what is that? sugar high. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is. What is who is that? That's Harry a hell of a song. Yeah. That is Harry oh, Styles. Yeah. Fucking bangs. Oh, it bangs. Is a banger. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But that's what's funny is like, you know, somebody listens to that song and, you know, people who are from the alt world or particularly, you know, people who listen to metal or experimental music always be like that, like, you know, bullshit. And it's that like, dude, that's, you sound like yeah, me. Exactly. That's exactly what I sound <laughs> like <laughs> at the time. That's what I sound Don't like. Don't be that guy. Don't yeah, come on, Shane. I am unfortunately that guy sometimes. Like, this just fucking, this sucks. This means fucking yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, And it's funny because, dude, we are so lucky that if you go on our youtube channel and you look through the comments for every seventeen thousand comments we get there's one person that'll be like this not my thing yeah whatever yeah it's like why'd you even say anything no which is fine no which is fine everybody is welcome to express their opinion but, Unless it's negative, you <laughs> yeah. keep it to yourself. I got feelings. Exactly. Okay, come on, I'm sensitive. <laughs> but it's like uh, it's n- the people that support us have never given me any reason to believe that they wouldn't be on, you know, have our backs 100. percent But it's mm-hmm. it's your own insecurity that you fight. You know, it's your own. Are people going to look at me differently if I do something like this? And then you know, you get in the studio and you do it, and you listen back to it, and you're like, sheesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is, and that's literally what we were doing on the couch, sheeshing. And I'm like, this is, this is sick. And like anybody who tried to tell me that like this song isn't good, I'd be like, I don't know, man. I think this thing's kind of good. So kind of bangs. Yeah. So Nick had, Nick had that, Nick is very, you know, very, um, he moved into that space of being like, we're doing whatever. I think mm-hmm. a, lot, a little bit easier than I did. And I was thankful that he was able to know kind of bring me along and Mm -hmm. uh you know support me into it and yeah bro bro. (laughs) you know and uh and he was able to like help me get myself there where i was like dude stop thinking so much and just do what comes naturally to you and Mm -hmm. and, um and it it just worked out you know oh yeah it's awesome i'm really happy for you guys because i know that that's probably hard to just kind of get past that block of oh god what will they think of this to then just finally be like you know what i don't care this sounds good to me take it or leave it you guys, you guys, you know, you're going to go through that too. You know, I, we watch, we, we've seen how much you guys have grown and, and how much you're, you know, this thing that you're making is, is becoming something. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there's a freedom in the initial failure or feelings of failure where you're like, well, we don't even have anything yet. There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. And the second that you start to get even a little taste of success, you're like, oh, God, it's like you're starting a fire. You ever watching those survival shows mm-hmm. where they're like trying to start a fire and it's like eight hours later and they have like this tiny little ember. And they're like, like, please don't go out. Please don't go out. Please. Don't. Yeah. And that's like, I think kind of how you feel with your with your projects. It's like, God, we got this much success. And what if we do something different and we we kill it? Yeah. You know, we, 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 we do something different and all of a sudden, like everybody that supported us, all this, all the people that we've been able to get under the tent just are like, well, we're out. This sucks. We're gone. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I'll watch like, um, when I love like cooking shows, 
Mm-hmm. Me and, too. Uh, I love cooking shows. I love to cook. Um, but like I'll watch like restaurant nightmares with Gordon Ramsay and he'll be like, mm-hmm. all right, you have an Italian restaurant. There's 17,000 other Italian restaurants in three blocks. So we're going to turn this into a steakhouse. And the guy will be like, a steakhouse? You're crazy. That'll <laughs> never work, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's like, we're going to lose the customers that we do have. And they're like, dude, you called me because you're $150 million in debt. And they're like, exactly. I don't care. You know, like, yeah. it's funny. Like, you don't, uh, you have to have, um, you have to be a little fearless sometimes mm-hmm. in that creative process. And I think, um, you know, definitely uh, we've been able to, overcome a lot of our own mentalities and a lot of our own um, insecurities and kind of our own blockades that we make for ourselves. And I think Mm -hmm. for, for most people trying to do something cool, I think that's probably the biggest thing for most people is to to get past yourself and the doubt and, and, and things like that. So um, I'm just happy that we were able to do it and, uh, and continue. And, and, you know, we're uh, hopefully going to be able to keep doing that, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. God, okay. Um, so how do you guys recommend your fans to listen to this EP for the first time? Should they play it in the car with friends? Should they play it in the dark with headphones on? Should they work out to it? What do you guys personally recommend? Oh, Nick, you I have to answer that, Brent. You have to answer from the Sonic standpoint first, Nick. Um, that is a good freaking question. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Because I want as many people as possible to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think music is awesome when you can. That's what I would say. I would say, listen by yourself. Listen with a nice pair of headphones. If you're wearing cheap headphones, I hate you because you're not going to listen to the mix. <laughs> uh, you did all this work. And you're, Nick did all this sound design work. It's trebly. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like it's Nick, for Nick. That's like he served you a really, really awesome steak and you put ketchup on it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's what or you like for a well done exactly yeah oh um but just get into get into the headspace let it fade out with the last song everyday oblivion uh i want you to love it i want you to listen to it a bunch and tell your friends and, and then listen to it with them yeah and see what happens because i think music is best written in the same room and also listen in the same room as other people mm-hmm. you know i think it's the you know two sides of the same coin. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. So my, my, uh, vocal coach, when I would ask her about how do I know if people are digging my performance when I'm on stage? Right. Cause I'd be like, ah, no one was like really rocking out. Some people were just kind of like standing there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, she would always tell me, you don't get to determine how other people prefer to experience your music. So for me, I would say, uh, I won't tell you where to listen to it, but what I will say is listen somewhere where you're comfortable and you can really pay attention, um, to what I'm feeling and what I'm trying to say. Uh, because I think that if you dig a little past this very like kind of shiny veneer that we've been able to put on it, this very, um, I always like to say it's like a very, um, it's a dark message in a pretty package. I think there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of the same kind of pain and that little bit of darkness that's in a lot of my lyrics is still in there, but you're going to have to really listen to what I'm trying to say to get to it. So I would say wherever you want to listen to, that's fine, but just, listen to it in a place where you can kind of focus on what I'm actually trying to say. Cause I would really appreciate that. 
with, oh, with yeah. really nice headphones yeah. <laughs> on beautiful mm-hmm. um so uh, for this question fuck i uh went right to the end there um so this question be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this ep for new listeners in three words no more no less both you have to do it oh three words can you repeat the question uh three words <laughs> he, wants time, he's, he wants time to think he's cheating three words Ooh. describe the ep as fast as you can okay I would say um, emotional, mm. uh, fun, okay. and uh, personal. I would say it's, oh. it's, that would be my three words. Okay. It's perfect. I would say professional. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to steal <laughs> that from you. Inspiring. Okay. What's a word for variable? It's like variety. Variety. Oh, uh, ecle- eclectic. Eclectic. Boom. Eclectic. There you go. That's the word. Very good. Perfect. Eclectic. Sorry, I was slow, but there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this EP to invoke in your listeners? Whatever they want. Um, I think in the past, I was really worried about trying to get across very clearly how I felt. And I thought I was going to do that by getting like weird and saying things that were cryptic that had to really make you think. Mm. And uh, it's funny because we've all had experiences in our regular personal lives where we do like the telephone game, right? Like drama at work, because I said this to this person and then they said this to this person. And it's like, dude, all I said was like, Nick and I had a really bad shift last night. And now five people later, it's they hate me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. or, I, or I hate them. It's like people can take very simple messages and put a lot of their own meaning into them. And instead, I was trying to do something that I think was a little bit too heady to try to get exactly what I was feeling across, not recognizing like what I really want people to do is play the telephone game with it. You know, mm-hmm. hear what I said, take a simple line or two, you know, process it in their own brain and be like, this is what it makes me feel. So I don't, um, I don't have a preference of which feeling someone picks as long as they feel something and they feel it a lot, you know, um, that's kind of my approach to it. Feel whatever you want, but I hope uh, a lot of it. <laughs> that's, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. I would just say like for it to be relatable, like just like what Brent said, you know, um, one of the things I do like a lot is like, it does also transcend like people um, interpreting it at, like, Generally, lyrics would maybe like make you feel a feeling or remind you of a feeling or replace or describe how you're feeling at the moment and finally putting words to that emotion. But I find, especially in Discord, you know, I get we get all walks of life there. It inspires people to express themselves more than just um, connecting lyrically. They'll have people write stories based on what the art looks like or they'll make art based on what they think the lyrics mean, you know? So like it's all kinds of things. So you can never really tell people what to expect and what i've learned you know is that the song is ours right up until it gets mastered and at least it's no longer ours mm-hmm. like we had it for the, the period of time that it took for us to make it what we wanted it to be and then now it's everybody else's and they do with it what they will you know yeah. they'll they'll make a dance video to it you know they'll, they'll draw some picture to it you know they'll they'll start a band together we got two guys that Got matching eight graves tattoos. They have they have a band. Oh my god! Wow, it's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely That's incredible. So cool. Yeah, yeah it's so, in, it's insane to think about. Um, yeah, it really yeah. is. 
I think that's something we owe to them a little bit too. You know, our, our, yeah. our, dis, our discord channel is really great. And uh, they definitely have shown us um, a lot about what it means to give some, give the songs to somebody and let them do what they will with them. And, uh, and that's scary sometimes. It is. It's uncomfortable a little bit, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but the, but they have given us no reason to do anything but but trust them with it, and uh, we're really really grateful to all of them. They're all a bunch of bunch of amazing people for sure. Oh yeah, it's it's so cool that you guys have built a community like that, especially since like yeah. most bands and artists and labels and stuff haven't really embraced Discord yet. Mm-mm. Like Ugh. some, I don't some, know how they're behind. I don't yeah. know. There's so I much mean, potential. Yeah, there really is, and, and and I don't even like to think of it like that, um, because it's you see people doing things like, for instance, we don't really do TikTok that much, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that much means we don't at all. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, but that's because that doesn't come natural to us. You know, like I'm not like a person that's gonna be like putting up a goofy bit and like I'm not like you know it's not me you know like and look and and, mm-hmm. and not everybody that does TikTok does like goofy videos some people find really brilliant ways to like do cool things that really show you a little bit of who they are um but that's just not um a place that I feel naturally comfortable and maybe that will change maybe I'll come up with a great idea or I'll come up with uh, you know or I'll see somebody do something I'll be like oh I could like do something like that and I'll be inspired by somebody else's creativity there's a lot of potential there, but we choose, we have chosen so far at least not to engage on that platform just because we are not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Discord is a place that we feel really comfortable. And, uh, you know, some of my best friends, the, the number one place I see them is in our Discord channel when we, you know, get on the computer around this time every night and play League of Legends for four hours. And that's... Yeah, Discord is very natural to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's where I, it's where we live. And, uh, and you know, you want to, if you want to really connect with people you invite them to where you live and that's you know we don't we're not extending ourselves to all these things because you know we want to be we want to make sure that we're not doing that because oh well there's just like a a potentiality there mm-hmm. i hope that artists who aren't doing it are choosing to not do it because they either don't feel comfortable there and they don't and because i think that's a huge thing that i think we have to start standing up for as as artists and, and as people in general is like i don't like i told these guys, I told Nick and I told their manager, Mike, I was like, 2022, no more Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't like yeah. it. I think they're evil. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to participate in it anymore. And if that means we don't get to regularly communicate with a handful of people, I don't care. I don't like it. I don't like having it on my phone. I don't like having any of their apps. I think they're weirdos. I think Zuckerberg is a, a, a lizard person. I'm not like, mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with the Facebook app and uh, not really a lizard person. I'm not one of those crazy people, but uh, like, you know, I'm only going to live. And I think all creative people, they should live and all people in general, you should live where you're comfortable. And uh, you know, discord has been really great for us. So uh, we're, we love being there and we love, the people that we've collected as part of our community. And it's just like a really great place to be. Hell yeah. Um, I do have a point to make, but before I make it, there's a massive yeah. wind and rainstorm going on outside. My power just flickered. So if I die, that's why. Should okay. I start recording uh, on, yes, just, you on Zoom? Um, okay. And then the, 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 the point that I was going to make, um, you guys <laughs> had said like, it's normal. It's, it's convenient. It's, it's comfortable for you guys. And I think that's part of the reason why, most people haven't embraced it yet because I, I somehow wound up in a call with a major label marketing team and was like trying to show them how Discord worked 
and they never embraced it after I that call. I forgot about that. Because they just, yeah, they, they didn't quite understand it. Like, I tried my best to explain to them, and they just didn't know what the fuck was going on. No. So. And, I, and I, it's funny, because I'm like that a little bit, because I'm I'm very, like, boomery with mm-hmm. technology. Nick is brilliant with computers, and he understands how everything works. Um, thank God, because I don't know my ass from my elbow uh, when it comes to that stuff. But, like, he's, he's great. And uh, so he tries to explain stuff to me sometimes, and I'm like... I don't know, man, but, uh, you know, discord did kind of come a little bit natural to me, but I think that that's important. You know, you gotta have, uh, have, you gotta live where you're comfortable and do what you're comfortable with. I think there's all this pressure on artists to like, all right, so you get TikTok, you post three times a day, then you get your Instagram, mm-hmm. you post five times a day, you tweet 10 times oh. a day. It's like, dude, yeah. what am I going to say 26 times in one day? Like, I don't, I don't speak to Nick that much, mm-hmm. you know, like, Y'all good, man. You gotta feed. Them. I know, dude. You can't. You can't you live can't. for that because look, you build your community on that, and then look what Instagram has done. Right? Instagram yeah. was the spot. Now they've changed the algorithm, and no, it I see sucks. It's the worst. It's two yeah. of my friends' posts, and then like a blankets with dogs' faces on them or something. Like I'm like, yeah, this literally, is, literally, it's yeah. useless. Yeah. yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. Where it's just like mm-hmm. everybody's just up in the ads. It's like Twitter now is getting on that train. It's yeah, just like dude. now even in the comments you're getting like two three ads yep. every five you know replies it's yep. it's so annoying because it's like i'm not i understand it's a free app and if it's free apparently you're the product but it's just oh. like <laughs> come on can you make it a bit more subtle <laughs> yeah and also like you you're selling they're selling the market research too right like how much money do you need to make you know? yeah. like yeah. is a hundred billion dollars not enough for you you gotta like push it even more like Exactly. Just, why don't you just cut your profits to 50 billion and that'll be enough mm-hmm. and make your app, not dog shit. Yeah, exactly. Here's an idea. Yeah. Um, but you know, everybody pushes it to the limit and then it dies and they'll build something new. So that's the thing. Like you, you build your career on this, like one platform or whatever, and then it's gone. And, mm-hmm. and, and then what do you do? Then it becomes, you know, those guys who guys and gals and everything in between who had, a million Instagram followers and thought that was the key to their career. And now Instagram is going to be dead. You yeah. Know? yeah. I don't know what you do now. Yeah. You know, Fine hope, all over again. Hope, hope you exactly. Hope oh, you can. It's going down and, like Facebook and, did. So, and, mm-hmm. and I think glory, I think vine is an excellent point mm-hmm. because how many huge celebrities on vine were able to really turn that massive vine following into a career afterwards. Yeah. Have we seen any of them? I know like three, but like, say there's like four or five people that I can think of Mm -hmm. and that's like it. So, you know, I think this idea that you're going to build a, a, your, you know, base your career on a platform that may or may not be there in three years. That transcends the platform. Yeah. You have to get high by the platform. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. You're not going to peak at Instagram. A hundred percent. And that's why discord, I think again, for us and, and Twitch for us, you know, when we're, I'm hoping to get back to streaming a little bit more regularly, but mm-hmm. that's why that works. Cause we're connecting to people directly there. And I know yeah. these people, I know, um, you know, I knew when, when Chrono had finals and I knew that he worked at a haunted house and I know mm-hmm. when Moonlight hamster does a drawing for us or a little cartoon or did cool merch at merch designs for us or, know that they wanted to show us or you know i know when i met wolf in in dc and he came out to the show you know like we know like we know these who these people are and and that's what works for us i want to know people i don't want like just their clicks and likes and you know i want to meet the people who support us otherwise what's what's the point the point is to connect right yeah and uh a number of likes under my picture is not uh 
not a connection to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. You guys um, are based. Job. Yeah. Doing great. <laughs> it's not going to catch on. I'm trying. I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> it's going to catch on. No, what it is, Gloria, is that, is that I'm old. And, you know, uh, what it is, a lot of the social media stuff just doesn't make sense to me. And sometimes I am very grateful for that. <laughs> oftentimes, yeah. oftentimes I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I down to asking, no, fuck. Yeah. No, no, so, no, okay. no, no. Um, uh-huh. the, v, the V8's got you. Uh, the Dude. Got me <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's worn off though. I'm not shaking anymore. My heart's not like pounding out of there my chest go. now. So I'm good. I said, drink it in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's like the new slogan. V eight, make your heart slam out of your chest. Yeah. Perfect. V eight energy, man. I got twenty three more upstairs. It's got me fucked yep. up. Yeah, V eight engine. There we go. Um, so for this last question, boom, you're on a desert island. You can bring one movie, one person, and one album. Who and what are you bringing? Movie, person, album. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does the oh, person have to be alive? No. 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 You're bringing a ghost. I was gonna say my grandmother. Oh, you are too cute, dude. Wow. That's what? nice. I like that. That's yeah. adorable. All right, so you got your grandmother. What do you got to bring? The movie, movies are easy. The first Matrix and the Matrix soundtrack. I'm good. I'm good. The first Matrix is so good. You're gonna so watch good. that. You're gonna watch the Matrix with your grandma. It doesn't have to be like I'm in with purgatory yeah. with my grandma. <laughs> Yeah. until sun up sun now like you guys I mean, are on an island like you can go your separate ways yes, and like exactly. meet up for dinner like okay. we'll have exactly. her hut all right I'll okay Excuse exactly. me. there you go exactly. i'm sorry my grandma wasn't as cool as nick so it's not <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm that's why i'm so averse to the idea i think i i think i would be in hot water if i didn't say i would bring my girlfriend to a desert island we like she's been telling me she wants to go on an island She's like, I don't oh. care. We go on our next vacation, but can it be on an island? <laughs> so well, you're there, you go. there we go. We're gonna be. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, you want to go on an island? We're stuck here now. So yeah. I would bring my girlfriend an album. Though it's hard for me. Remember, she's got to listen to it too. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're good. Okay, we're good. Got we're, our our musical tastes align um, okay. pretty well. She she actually likes heavier music than I do. Okay. Um, good. but we still have a couple of ones in the middle ground. But I think I would, I would bring my girlfriend. I would probably bring. God, I don't know. Do I just use my my album of of 2021 as a la Spotify Wrapped and just say I would bring uh, the new Death from Above record, which okay. I don't even. It's called Is for Lovers. Death from Above is my favorite band. Um, they're like amazing. So I'd probably bring their new record. And movie wise, again, I, I think I'd bring Nightmare Before Christmas. I've watch. never seen that movie. <laughs> you should watch it, Gloria. You'd like it. There's awesome music in it. It's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's all done uh, by this dude, Danny Elfman, who's like a huge like musical genius, human oh. person. Um, mm-hmm. And dude, I haven't heard... The Simpsons theme song too, right? Dude, yeah. yeah. He's, done, uh, he's done a ton of stuff, but he's really interesting because he like, chore- he, like uh, orchestrates whole instrumental arrangements, oh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he does it all with his voice. So he'll he'll do like back session and he'll be like piccolo. Then I'll be like violin. Like he'll sing all of the parts with his voice because he doesn't, and that's how he orchestrates music. It's pretty crazy. But cool characters, nice and morbid cuteness, which is kind of my thing, and excellent, excellent music. So that would probably bring that before Christmas. All right. Perfect. So as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Uh, wow. What do we have to plug? 
You got one of those beans. socials. Oh, documentary. Oh, well, yeah, but what? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> spill the beans. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You can spill the beans. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Do it. Uh, well, I already did. That's it. We have a documentary. Tell, talk out. about it a little. Well, the documentary will be very raw and funny at the same time. Uh, it will uh, it'll be a little bit like this podcast where it talks yeah. about like where a headspace was and mm-hmm. kind of like in the room with us cutting the tracks. Um, some of the tension that was created between, you know, certain personalities, uh, Brett and myself. And then also there's only two people in the band. It's not a secret. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait for everyone to watch it. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you want to add about that or. Yeah. It was our first time getting to go to like a real studio and, and, you know, all the music that we've ever made for going on 18 years has been in like our bedrooms or like in somebody's mom's basement or like in somebody's mom's dining room or uh, where else have we done records in your, the upstairs of your father's house in a closet. Um, Basement and the closet. Yeah. All over the place. So uh, this is our first time getting to go and do a real record. And we just wanted to, you know, kind of have a a nice document uh, documentation of, of the process and, and, It'll be nostalgic for me to watch in, in years down the line, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it was really, we created as much uh, for us. But if anybody's interested in what it's like um, to go into that process for the first time, um, I think if you are a fan of music or if you're a musician, I think you'll find it um, interesting, even beyond whether or not you're really interested in, in us or our music. It yeah. also has an original musical score as well. Oh, and, uh, who, did, and who did that, Nicholas? Uh, me. Yeah, he oh, scored a documentary. Okay, so, add that onto the the resume right there. there. So Is we that have that Grammy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we should. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Nick wouldn't mind a Grammy. So, uh, so we have that coming up. Um, we go back to the studio that we worked with for Everyday Oblivion. Um, I think Dwight calls it Matchbox Studios, right? Matchbox, yeah. Matchbox Studios in Austin, Texas, to do uh, sure. another couple songs on. We leave on my birthday on January third, so we'll have those new songs coming. And then, of course, follow us on everything on, uh, on you know, Instagram. We are now at Eight Graves. We got our official <gasps> tag. Nice. Yeah. Um, and Twitter at Eight Graves underscore. And then uh, join our Discord channel. That's a big one for us because we, we, we talk to people in our Discord all the time. And that's we, we all of the stuff that happens with us. That's where it is always announced first, um, for sure. And also uh we just did also limited edition merchandise for the everyday oblivion ep which is really cool stuff uh really well made um and we did 50 shirts 50 hoodies that's it and they're a little more than halfway gone now but uh if anybody hears this anytime soon there may be a couple left if they're interested just would like to amend it's matchbox entertainment oh excuse me matchbox entertainment (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah, but that's pretty much everything. New songs coming. Follow us. Pay attention. We would appreciate that. Join Discord and uh, maybe buy a shirt or two if you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, for sure. Uh, well, thank you for now. This guy's been Eight Graves and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.